folks, welcome to the Finance Hour, whether you're listening live on JR or on the podcast. This is the show where we help make sense of the world of business and finance and hopefully help you make better decisions. My name's Ruben Zell, financial planner at Adapt Wealth Management, and I've been doing this show for a long time now. It's been two years. So you might want to hear any of the other fantastic interviews. Just search the Finance Hour on iTunes. Go to the JA page or go to my uh, website, adaptwealth.com.au. So the topic of this week's show is who is going to lend us money? One of the massive things that came out of the Royal Commission was treatment of mortgage brokers and the ability of people to get loans. We're going to have Grant Rubin, who we've had on before, uh, who is going to have a good chat with us about uh, what it's like in the new world for mortgage brokers after the Royal Commission. But first, it is time for Rubin's Rant. Ruben's rant. Now, my rant this week is about Royal Commissions being the weapon of choice for the government. We've obviously just come out of the Financial Services Royal Commission and we're already into another one, that Royal Commission into Aged Care. There's another one coming up, the Royal Commission into Disability. And I understand there's another one, which is the Royal, Royal Commission into Abuse of uh, in Disability. And there's another one as well, which I can't remember. But I'm just concerned that governments are just abrogating their responsibility to actually govern and to look to go, to make laws, to go in and make laws without necessarily having a royal commission. Sometimes it seems to me that the royal commission is politically motivated to show that they're doing something. Sometimes the governments should just get on and do it. Okay, well that's my rant for this week. Uh, we'll be have a short break and then we'll get Grant on the phone. Welcome back to the Finance Hour. The topic of this week's show is who is going to lend us the money. I've got Grant Rubin on the line here, mortgage broker. Grant, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Rubin. How are you? Grant, thanks for coming on the show. It was pretty short notice, I know, but it's uh, it's great to have you. I mean, we've been talking on the show quite a bit about it, the Royal Commission, uh, but one of the biggest things to come out of it, and I think anyone, you know, even who's not in the industry would have heard about this, is what the Royal Commission said about uh, mortgage brokers. And that, I think, caught everyone by surprise, but it's certainly rapidly changing. So just for our listeners, uh, mortgage brokers traditionally have been remunerated directly by the banks. It doesn't cost the customer anything to go to a mortgage broker. The banks will normally pay an upfront commission to the broker and then an ongoing uh, trial commission while the loan is in place. And that is how their business model works and got remun- and they got remunerated. The initial... Uh, uh, recommendations of the Royal Commission were to ban all those commissions, so ban ongoing and ban upfront. Uh, Grant, what was your response when you when you first saw the recommendations a couple of weeks ago? Uh, the initial response, Reuben, was I was angry as someone who's passionate about the industry to see, you know, the how we were paid and the future of our business possibly taken away from us um, there was a lot of anger but <clears throat> those things have settled down and it's back to business that normal as normal yeah yeah well there's been obviously a lot of a lot of lobbying that went on already in the last few weeks I mean I spoke to you straight after uh, and you told me that you know there was lobbying and I sort of thought oh they're not going to get anywhere because it's so political and the government wants to jump but it looks like the dial has moved a bit doesn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, so the first day of the Royal Commission, uh, Josh Frydenberg 
from the Liberal Party came out and said he will be supporting brokers. Um, and then only last Friday, the 22nd of February, uh, Labor and Bill Shorten came out and said they will also be supporting brokers. So what does that mean, uh, supporting? So why are they making those statements is because they do not want to create an anti-competitive environment mm. within the banking industry. What that means is uh, if brokers were removed from the, uh, from the table as an option where you could source your finance, um, it would be left to the customer to go directly to the bank and through the power of advertising and marketing, there would be only four banks that the consumer would uh, mm, yeah. have as a choice, yeah. which is CBA, ANZ, NAB and Westpac. Mm. And uh, neither Liberal or Labor want to create that environment. Right. But, uh, I mean, the um, I suppose the issue is, is if, let's say, it had everything had been put in place, brokers could still exist. But but what what Haynes said was that people should be paying the brokers directly as opposed to them earning their revenue, you know, by commission from the banks. That is correct. But, yeah. Um, and what um, I think why Liberal and both Labor parties have not uh, supported these recommendations out of the Royal Commission is because the. The consumer who may not be financially well off mm. or who may live in a regional or rural area mm. will not be able to afford the services of a broker. Mm. Mm. Um, and in fact, when you look at the regional and rural area, the major banks do not have any branches or network available to the consumer. Right, right. So, so, the, so uh, the broker, like the mortgage broker in those areas, are. Yeah, it's like a vital part of the community, isn't it? I mean, obviously, in, yeah. you know, in Melbourne area here, we could, you know, in a one-kilometre radius, we'd probably find 100 brokers. But, but yeah, as you say, in a rural area, there might only be one or two. And if there are no bank branches, where do you go for your loan? That's right. Uh, so the individual or consumer would have to either apply online and struggle to deal with that or certainly have to drive a fair distance to seek out a solution. So, Grant, just uh, bear with me. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, right, because obviously as financial planners, we've been through a lot of this stuff already. Um, I guess one of the questions is, and this is what happened with financial planners, when there was a similar argument about people aren't going to pay for financial advice um, because you know, the only way for financial planners to get paid is if you, you recommend investment product and insurance policy and get paid that way. Uh, there was... There was an argument that the, the industry tried to put for a long time that eventually got ignored and they said, no, the only person who can make the decision and pay is the, is the end client. And yep. one of the, you know, the, the arguments for that was is, you know, we can't say that you know, for everything in life, most businesses you, you have, like, I don't know, you get a, a handyman, you go to the doctor, you go to the dentist, you know, you pay a fee for that, right? You have yep. to acknowledge it and you pay a fee for that. So why should there be a service, right, that, that you don't pay a fee for. If it's a valuable service, why wouldn't someone want to pay a fee for it? I think it's... Um, I think what we... Why Labor and Liberal Party and a lot of my discussion has been around is if we've just taken away from being on... 
with respect to the broker and think about the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things there. With the if brokers have to charge a fee for service, mm-hmm. that will be okay if it's a level playing field. Mm-hmm. But what what the Royal Commission said was if the consumer goes to directly to Westpac, mm-hmm. they will not have to pay our fee for to arrange a loan. Mm-hmm. But if they come to me, they will have to pay a fee. And right. my fee will be charged by me based on hour or work or outcome mm. uh, generated. Mm. What the consumer will be then faced with is the decision, do they wish to pay me a fee that's commensurate with the work that's done mm. or save that money and go to a bank? Mm. And I think for majority of people, they would elect to go to the bank. Mm. And so then it comes back to the concern for the government and the politicians is if that path was if that environment was created, the banks, through their control of probably 95% of all loans generated, will start to put up interest rates and fees to the uh, detriment no of competition. the customer. Yeah. No competition. So where do you think uh, where do you think it's going to end up? The um, the rules, as you say, both Labor and Liberal have said they're going to support mortgage brokers. What do you think? Where do you think it's going to end? This end up? There's certainly going to be changes, but wh- what do you think will be the outcome? The um, so it's been three weeks since the commission released the report. Um, the it is very probably in all likelihood the trail or recurring income mm-hmm. that is received by a broker on a loan is will be um, removed as a as a payment. Yeah, and the upfront payment will be increased to compensate for that removal of trail income or recurring income. Right. And right now, they're trying to work out what is a fair and reasonable figure yeah. that the bank should pay as an upfront, and that's looking at around one point one to one point two percent of the loan amount. Yeah. I will also say um, that in all likelihood the banks will be legislated to pay exactly the same Mm. to the broker, so there's no bias in any recommendation given by the broker to a customer. Mm. Well, that really takes, I mean, geez, if they absolutely standardise it like that, I mean, in a way, I don't know, doesn't that... You know, decrease competition? I don't know. Like, why shouldn't the banks be in some sort of position to, you know, to, to decide what they pay for their distribution costs? Like, I don't know. It doesn't quite sound um, right to me that they should be absolutely locked into that. Um, well, well, maybe there might be a cap of it mm. on 1.1 to 1.2%. But also, right now, there's nothing stopping the consumer going direct to the bank today. Mm. and to get their loan rather than using the services of a broker. And in the future, there won't be anything stopping uh, a customer getting their loan from the bank directly. That's true. The, the brokers are a distribution network for the bank, but the consumer, at the end of the day, has a choice between broker and bank. That's true. I might also say that right now, 
six out of every ten loans that are written um, are originated through brokers. Mm, mm. So customers, so the general public of Australia has voted with their feet. Yeah. Because they want choice. They want someone to do it for them. Mm. They want to work with someone who knows what they're doing and can do all the work on their behalf. Yeah. Okay, Grant, let's move a bit away from that now and let's just... Talk, talk to me a little bit about you know the availability of credit. Everything we're hearing now is that the assessment for loans has gotten much more difficult and it's much harder to get a loan, certainly much harder to get a loan of the size that people were getting in the past. I think we did chat at one point a few months ago, this has changed. What's, you know, just give me an idea over the last 12 months or what's changed. Has it changed even more since the Royal Commission come out? How are you finding things? I think the Royal Commission has changed uh, the um, assessment criteria of the banks. Uh, what the Royal Commission was all about was behaviour. Mm. The banks had already started to implement their changes in assessment criteria. Yeah. Responsible uh, lending. Credit, yeah, responsible lending. Probably getting access to loans to buy houses or by businesses, by commercial property, it was too easy. Mm. Too many people were getting two loans. Too many loans, their gearing was going up, they were heavily geared, um, and a lot of people had interest-only loans. Mm. Um, now, there's, all the banks have tightened up their criteria, so the, the calculators they use to determine to determine someone's borrowing capacity. So internally, that's tightened. The inputs that go into the calculators have also uh, tightened up, for want of a better word. Yeah. And what I mean by that is uh, their policy around interpretation of someone's income, whether they get bonus or commission, um, that's tightened up. Mm. There's less income as an in input going into the calculator. And probably the biggest thing is there's a lot of focus by every bank, every broker on what an individual spends each mm. and every day on yeah. their living expenses. Yeah. Uh, 12 months ago and prior, all the banks adopted an index, which was HEM. housing affordability measure, yeah. often known as HEM. Um, the... What we're now doing is looking at everyone's individual bank statements and credit cards, yeah. looking at their spending habits, and determining an actual, an actual monthly expenditure. And that is a commitment that is being used by the banks to determine someone's affordability. So the bank's sort of putting that back onto you as a broker to make to, to do that forensic analysis of someone's spending? Is that your role yes. now? Yes. Um, some banks are also doing that forensic analysis. Some banks aren't, but are reliant on uh, the broker to do So it. when you say they're doing it, how do they do it? You give them access to your bank account um, or you send them your statements? Or... Well, we're sending... Uh, so we've got to collect... Uh, we, in our business, collect uh, an applicant, our borrower's uh, bank statements and credit cards for the mm. most recent three months. Yeah, and we do an analysis and in conjunction with the client determine what that monthly expenditure is. We, for some banks, we also have to provide that information to the banks. Wow. Um, yeah. The banks also today have 
large tentacles through technology. Mm. I think, you know, they, they look at people's postcodes, they look at their income, and they have enough intelligence to determine whether two adults, two children, confirming that their monthly expenditure is 4800 on living costs mm. is fair and reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, so they can they can come to grips with that pretty um yes. pretty quickly, yeah. Yep. And so you found like have a lot of more loans kind of in the you know in the recent like fallen over as a result of that analysis of expenses. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing it on twofold. Yes, mm. um, so people who are coming wanting to buy a property, um, it's probably threefold. I'm going to comment on uh, people who are coming to us saying I've got. Hundred thousand or fifty thousand or ninety thousand. I want to buy a new house. Yeah. Uh, how much can I borrow? Twelve months ago, they could borrow, let's say, six hundred thousand. They had a hundred thousand deposit. Now they can possibly only buy something for a hundred grand less. So they can yeah. buy a property for six hundred, but only afford to borrow five hundred now, yeah. as opposed to previous. We're also seeing a lot of customers who had interest-only loans. Mm two, three, four years ago, now reaching expiry date. The banks are pushing people onto principal and interest unless there is a genuine tax reason that they can maintain an interest-only repayment program. Uh, But we also have to ensure and prove to the bank that you can afford... uh, the loan to be repaid back over 25 or 20 years at the end of that interest-only period. So you're having to do a lot of work for existing borrowers who are coming to the end of their interest-only period? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's even sort of real, you know, because traditionally you would have thought mortgage brokers deal with people getting new loans, but this is even, you know, assisting with the management of an existing loan. Mm. Mm. And that's, you know, we come back just on that, about the Royal Commission, that's what the trailing income or recurring income debt rep- did mm. represent. Um, so going forward, if we talk aloud and how the, it may all evolve, there may be a fee for service that has to be charged for this advisory work. Yeah, yeah. Yes, if there's no ongoing trail, yeah, if you're just getting paid the upfront. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, makes sense. All right, Grant, look, thanks very much for your time. Uh it is good to, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot about the Royal Commission, but it is actually good to hear someone, someone at the coalface of mortgage broking. Uh, I'm, I'm glad for you that things, excuse me, haven't ended up as dire as what they probably looked on day one. Um, mm. I imagine you and your colleagues, you know, while, while there's definitely going to be some change, you're probably a bit more comfortable than what you were on the eve of, uh, or on the night that it was announced. Um, so hopefully, you yeah. know, when it sounds like your business model is going to survive and adapt, although, um, you know, it's going to be in, in a slightly different way. And I think that's in some ways inevitable for all type of businesses that, you know, things don't stay the same forever. Yep. I think that's true. But I, uh, I will say that, you know, there's still lobbying to be done and, yeah. and the water to play out under the bridge. But, uh, I think all in all, we're going in the right direction. Yeah. All right, Grant, thanks very much for uh, for your time today. No and uh, we'll catch up much. with you on another show. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
All right, folks. Well, that's the end of the show today. It was a nice, short and sweet one. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to hear any other podcasts, uh, search The Finance Hour on iTunes. Uh, otherwise, we will definitely be back again next week and look forward to uh, to listen, tuning in again then.